Get fast, reliable Xfinity Internet, and now you can add a whole new way to watch the entertainment you love. Introducing Now TV, the best value in live TV and streaming, just $20 a month. Learn more today. Restrictions apply. Now TV requires Xfinity Internet. Actual speeds vary. Marco Hoyce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hood's turn for Anthony Modest. Royce. Not a bad idea. Hey, welcome back to another week of the BVB podcast. My name's Jake, hanging with Carver, as always. How are you doing on this uh, typical Dortmund week? Well, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say it's a beautiful day in St. Louis. It is a beautiful day in St. Louis. Very pretty here, but yeah, very gloomy in the Dortmund world. Absolutely. How Which, are you doing? I mean, even though like coming off a win, it still it didn't necessarily feel like it. I'm glad we got a no. win. Um, we're going to talk about it. But to add to the mixed emotions of that is Dortmund, um, me right now, so we're recording this on Thursday night, and I just left St. Louis City SC. Our, we're, if you don't know, Carver and I live in St. Louis. We're getting the MLS team real soon. We signed Berkey as our goalkeeper, and I was literally like 20 minutes ago, five feet from Berkey. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing an event, and he was like in this side room, but it was like a glass wall, and I'm just sitting there like literally five feet from him. I'm like, and I have to leave to go do a dorman podcast, like the irony. Uh, so... It's a missed opportunity. We're gonna we're gonna have to reach out to him soon. I imagine he'll maybe we can get him on the show. Who knows? <laughs> um, so that that was weird. Um, but yeah, along with this week. Um, so obviously we are gonna recap the game against Union Berlin on Saturday, and then we got to talk about Hanover. Um, yes, yesterday as of when we're recording yeah. on Wednesday, uh, we're gonna go through some injury updates. We got some Twitter questions. We're gonna jump into. Um, and then, of course, preview the upcoming games on the weekend. And then we have Champions League back next week. So let's start with Berlin. Yeah, let's start with <laughs> Berlin. Man, this is just such a dreadful week of, of fixtures for Dortmund. Um, so we, we line up with a back three. If I'm not wrong, the first time we've lined up or started with a back three this season. And it's a really strange time to just now try to start something like that. Um. It, I'm not really sure what Terzic's line of thinking was there. Not really sure why he would want to try to put something out as risky as this against the best defensive side in the league, uh, of course, away as well. And we know that we're pretty vulnerable in a handful of different areas in defense. And just, I, again, I, I was just very confused. Um, zero creativity in this lineup as well to add to that. I mean, you have anchors in the midfield and then a box-to-box midfielder in Bellingham. And you have two young, similar strikers up top in Mukoko and Adeyemi. But besides that, again, no creativity. No one to really drive the ball forward and have you know, a good sense of vision and is able to you know, pick out passes. Of course, Bellingham is, is, is someone who is, is pretty solid in those areas, but is not necessarily an, an attacking midfielder. You know, he's, he's, again, more of a box-to-box, and we don't have that kind of vision and creativity in the midfield in this game. So yet another bad mistake from Terzic again. Yeah, so going through the lineup, we had Koble back in goal, which we'll 
talk about that, Yikes. unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think he, he definitely redeemed himself, which we'll talk about oh, that yeah. too. Um, but so we had Schlotterbeck, Hummels, and Sule. Uh, back three, like you mentioned. Then we had Oshchan, Chan, and Bellingham kind of in the middle. And then our wingbacks, wingers, uh, Guerrero and Munier out wide. And then we saw Mukoka and Adeyemi up top, like you mentioned, uh, really young, kind of inexperienced, which I think played a big role in this, especially when we went 2-0 down. But one of the... Obviously, the, the creativity was lacking. It's like, I feel like we were really missing someone like Brandt or Royce, obviously, but he was on the bench and he's still coming back from his injury. And obviously, we didn't see him in Hanover either. But I would, I would like to think with that, those middle three, like what, what we've seen before with the 4-3-3, like having control in the middle, yeah. I think that was a big miss too. Like we just, we, we couldn't string anything together. No. Um, not even, it, it's not even that we were lacking the, maybe a creative, more creative role up top, but like through the midfield, yeah, all of our passes like from out, out the back, whether it was coming from Chan Bellingham gave the ball away a lot too, or, or the guys in the back, like it was just, we couldn't push anything forward. No, no, we couldn't even, even really get out of our, of our third and the middle third. It, there was no creativity or uh, lack of idealism whatsoever, even in our buildup. I'm not even talking about getting into the attacking third. I'm just strictly talking about just breaking that initial line of press from Berlin. I mean, it was just, it was very stagnant pretty much the entire game. But I mean, early on you have, you know, you could maybe get a little smash and grab from the header from Chan and then, you know, maybe tip the game in your favor and uh, see how that pans out. But an awful header from him. And that was pretty much the only chance we had this game. And even even before that, like Berlin was looking really like they oh, course, are, had yeah. already had a couple chances. They started really strong. Like we potentially could have had a goal there, and, but that was like our one chance. And then very quickly they they got the goal too. Yeah, they, they put on tremendous pressure early on, and and I think they also realized early on that we were not uh, that that Kobo was was just looking shaky. I mean, right before his his slip, he also was spilling the ball on that very easy save, and that's just very out of his character and unlike Kobel. And I think Berlin, again, was kind of smelling blood in the water there. And we were like, well, of course, again, they're looking at the lineup and they're thinking, you know, they're not going to have much of someone to uh, help progress the ball and, and, you know, have some vision in the midfield and, you know, break our initial lines of pressing. And on top of that, now the goalkeeper is lacking confidence and the whole team is lacking confidence in general. So it was just, it was easy for them to just keep that pressure on and just pin us back. and, And we had no answer whatsoever. It was it was it was Terzic and the team being reactive again rather than being proactive for this game. Why? Like, <laughs> you know, I know you don't have the answers for me, Carver, but I I get. I mean, we had the question last week, like, do we need a winger to break break down teams uh, like this? And it was a very interesting tactic to just change up our tactics completely. Like, I have no idea what the game plan here was. I guess to because if if we put our you could look at Makoko and Adiyemi and say maybe we're going to try to get something on the break and transition, but this isn't the team to do that against. Like they're doing that to us, so I just don't understand what was going on in Terzic's mind to to set up like this. It just like do you have any? Do you think you know what he was maybe trying to do? Like I just don't understand it at all. Like to why? Like we haven't seen this formation. I mean, la- last season we were calling for a back three a lot. But yeah, and and I and we still I still think there's definitely positives in that system, but again, this is not the time to try that if you haven't lined up for this from the start against a side like this. And and at at Berlin against the best defensive side, I mean, they're going to pick you apart and that's exactly what happened. Um let's talk about Kobel, uh, which of course we had that the goal, I mean, we mentioned it, but in the 8th minute, um ball back to Kobel who just he 
kind of misses. He's like slid trying to kick the ball, bounces out. Do you think he could have done? I mean, at the point, like, you know, it's it's going to be a goal, but he kind of had some time to get maybe try make an effort. Yeah, I know the commentators were saying he could have just immediately gotten up and at least made a race out of it. Um, And I I think that's I think that's that's a fair assessment, I guess, early on. But once you see the replay, it looks like there's pretty much going to be no chance to begin with. But yeah. Again, right before that, though, it just it just looked like Kobo was off mentally. I, I think that was arguably the worst performance of his career so far. I think he's, he said that, too. I don't know if something was going on maybe outside or off the pitch, and you know he was just distracted, but it was just really unfortunate. And if it wasn't already a mountain to climb in this game, now you're really got a long way back. Yeah, even if we... Because we've seen it before, like other teams kind of have more chances than us be able to hang on and maybe get a goal. I mean, the Werder Bremen game was... Uh, that obviously didn't end well. Sorry to take you back to Germany, uh, Carver. Um, mm. But but that was a kind of a similar game where we weren't creating much, and then we happened to get a goal right at the half. But this was the opposite because they got a quick goal that was a mistake on our end. And then, um, I mean, not too much longer, they scored their second goal in the 21st minute, which is a terrible giveaway by Adeyemi, uh, which just, I mean, that was the story of, of this half, like just no control, giving the ball away, um, and, and then being super up for it and all over the place with their pressure. Like, I think there was yeah. a crazy stat. They ran like 15 kilometers more than us in this yeah. game. Like, yeah. Throughout the whole game too. Yeah. It wasn't just in one half. And, no. and, and I want to go back to, you mentioned control and, and Terzik has said now, we mentioned the past few weeks, Terzik has said, you know, this happened a handful of times a season now where it's frustrating where we could, we quote unquote, we control the game, but we're not getting the result. We, um, we, you know, we, we want, and I don't know if I'm paraphrasing there, but he did mention he, that we do control the game and every game that we've lost this, this season so far, we have not controlled the game whatsoever. So I don't really know what he was trying to get out there. I mean, Berlin was dictating the tempo of this game from first whistle to the end of the game, just completely the entire match. It, it, we could not match their tempo whatsoever. We could not dictate the game. We were playing their game rather than ours. And it was just really difficult to get really anything going. Again, very passive, very static looking. Uh, even after conceding the first goal, you would think it's like, oh shit, all right, wake the f- up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, get your head out of your asses and let's and let's get reorganized and go out and you know play. And but just right after conceding that first goal, we just we just didn't look like we cared much. Just deers and headlights and not really caring and not putting the effort in to really try to claw one back early. And they punished us again, not even, what, 13 minutes after that with the long shot? Mm-hmm. And by then, it looked like it was pretty much game over. Even though it's only 2-0 down, it's, it looked like we were pretty much down for the count. It's the 1-2 knockout punch. It just how the game was going so far, so early. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we didn't predict a win, or we, we didn't predict a loss or even a draw last week. I think we both predicted a win. Um, and obviously, Union Berlin, like, they're top of the league. We're, we're 10 match days in. They're top of the league, very deservedly so. Yeah, um, we saw them. Did they draw Bayern? I don't remember if they drew. I think no, they, they, drew, did they, they beat Bayern. Mm-hmm. Um, like they've been playing great, and they. Um, they excuse me. They they did draw. They I'm sorry about okay. that. I don't That's know why right. I thought they won. It's okay, but like they've been playing well, and it, yeah. it's not a fluke with them. Like no. they they've been. This is what they've been like working towards. Like they've been pretty good the last few years, and they've been growing and, and building and like building the system. And and they have players who are just they like they know what they're doing. Um, they're, they're a solid unit and we are not like, we're very fractured, I guess, like in kind of people doing their own things. And like, we, we we don't have our, we, we look like, I mean, clearly we don't know what we're doing all the time, especially when the, the, the four, 
the formation or the seeming strategy like goes out the door like but they're just very grooved in what they do and they are a good team so we can't take that away from them this wasn't all us being bad but the bad thing is like i wouldn't have been as upset if it was a tight game or we had a lot of chances and Mm -hmm. we went there and lost because Mm -hmm. they're a good team um and that's a tough place to go uh we talked about their atmosphere like it's just a, a tough stadium and and their fans are up for it, obviously, especially when they're playing a big team and they're top of the league and they're yeah. trying to hang on to that. They're going to be up for it. And so it's just so disappointing to see how we played and the lack of control and the lack lack of, I don't know, any anything good. There just was nothing good. No, not really at all. And uh, again, it, it, it was tough for the team to crawl themselves out of this one at halftime. I mean, I also mentioned last week too, for the Sevilla game, maybe like 30 or 33 minutes went by and I, and I looked at the clock and I was like, damn, we completely wasted a half hour there and we don't look like we're getting going really whatsoever. I mean, I don't really know. We wasted an entire third of the game and we haven't really tried anything. And it was the exact same thing here too. I don't think we had, besides that Chan chance, we didn't have anything going forward until 35 minutes in and that came from Mokoko. I mean, I, again, I really love that he doesn't need a lot for him to do something with the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be looking towards to support him more. Because, again, if, if he can make chances out of almost nothing at times, um, it should be helping our attack a lot more because it's uh, it, with Modest, it's it's non-existent in that department. But in general, though, I mean, Makoko aside, just could not even get out of our third half the time. They, were pinned, they had us pinned back and could not control the game whatsoever. And and we're thinking at halftime, I was looking online too, it wasn't just me, but the fan base in general is obviously thinking we need an entire flip of personnel in this second half if we have if we want any sort of a chance of even getting a tie in this game. And sure enough, Terzik did react, but again, it's it's more it's the bad thing of him reacting rather than being proactive. And again, he's gonna have to try to crawl him claw himself back into this game and get a result out of this from his mistakes. Yeah. I mean, it's it. He has to go out and earn his paycheck and actually prove his tactical competence. Because, again, he it's 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 on him. I mean, yeah. even though Terzic said in a post match interview that the goals were conceded not from tactical mishaps but individual errors. I mean, while that may technically be true, the reason we weren't able to get back into the game in the first place were those tactical mishaps. Yeah, and on the just going back to like going two goals down and Adiemi and Mokoko up top with no other creative without like a Brant or Royce in there or someone like that. That is, that is a lot on those two very young, very inexperienced players to kind of be the ones who like lead the line or like be that option. Mm -hmm. Um, When, when nothing is getting created out of the midfield or from out the back, like that's so much on those two guys. And like, as soon as we went to O'Down, it's like, well, these guys aren't going to be able to pull us out of it. They, They just don't have enough. Like they, Adiyemi's fast. Mukoko's yeah. done some great things, and he's like technically amazing. And I mean, I love what he did in the Hanover game, but that's so much to put on those two young guys who don't have the experience, and they're not even like getting fed the the balls that they need um, to to run onto it or anything. Like it just wasn't there, and it, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I I wish that he almost would have made a sub immediately. Maybe going two two goals down or like yeah, at the thirtieth minute. No, like why I, I, wait till halftime? I, I would agree with that, especially in this day and age where you have five substitutions instead of three. I completely agree with that. I think we needed a, a reaction quicker than just waiting for halftime. Um, yeah, but yeah, halftime you have three substitutions in Royce, Mullen, and Brant. Again, that's going to bring a lot more creativity on the field, a lot more of an attacking options. But 
I mean, Bates kind of just pissed away the second half, too. I mean, it, it, again, it was a mountain to climb, and the players didn't really look up for it. And Berlin sure as hell looked up for it, and they're not going to really give anything back. I mean, we had, what, maybe that half chance towards the end of the game with the combina- the quick one-two combinations of Brant and Royce, but Royce just sometimes, again, so frustrating in front of goal where he's just not shooting. He takes that one extra step to get around the keeper, and by then it's too late. I mean, you got to fire one off and get it on target. I imagine at that kind of range with his ability, the keeper is not going to be able to catch it. So it's going to be spilled and maybe hopefully someone's there for a tap-in or at least contesting and keeping the pressure on, but nothing. Nothing really to show for. So I'll be honest, I did not watch the second half. Um, not because, <laughs> That's fair. Not I mean, <laughs> because I turned it off and was like, this is bullshit. I don't care to watch. Yeah. Um, but it's because this is a game I couldn't watch live and I've had terrible luck like the last maybe two weeks, two like game weeks, I, I've seen spoilers. Mm. And so this game got spoiled for me. Um, and I, so I saw the result 2-0 and as soon as like ha- I watched the whole first half, but knowing I know they're not going to come back and I, I did see the changes we made. And so I almost, I kind of just, I was planning on watching it cause I wanted to see the, how, how that would have changed us progressing, yeah. um, and to see if the play was better, but just knowing the result and knowing I didn't have a ton of time, um, to try to watch that. I was like, yeah, not worth it. I'll let Carver talk about it, but I mean, yeah. there's not much else to report that I remember. I mean, I, I'm trying to block this out from my memory myself, really. It was a really dreadful game. I, I, you and I both were pretty optimistic here and, and thinking yeah. that we could go and maybe get a result out of this. But again, this this team is so proficient at not building any sort of momentum whatsoever after big results. I mean, yeah, any anytime to, you're optimistic with Dortmund, just get ready to <laughs> be real, real sad. Yeah. If you haven't figured it out already. It, <laughs> I mean, you slowly, I mean, again, it's it's slim pickings on the bench still, don't get me wrong, but you're slowly having players being incorporated back in. At least you have some options here and there. And just, again, we're not building any sort of momentum right now. I mean, you get a result against Bayern, one of the best results we've had in years. You expect us to go out and beat Sevilla, and then we have the momentum and, um, and, and picking up form behind us, and then you could try to get a result out of Berlin, but no, just completely stagnant, very passive, Again, just didn't really look like we cared much. Um, before we move on, I did want to talk about Oshan coming off that half mm. instead of Chan because we've seen this a couple times, and every time I'm like, "Why are you taking him off?" And we're like leaving because it's been like specifically like Chan has been left on, or it's like maybe a swap for him. Like I think we saw it against Man City. Um, maybe we saw it against Berlin. And granted, the Berlin result was better. I just still I comparing like putting those players side by side. And from what we've seen, and I, I love Ocean. I think he's been such an underrated signing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it never makes sense to me when he comes off. I don't know if it's – and he's, he has been playing a lot, so maybe it is like he genuinely wants to rest him. But in, I think, a game like – and maybe because maybe he saw this game's gone. But to mm-hmm. I think to keep Chan on – was there anything in that second half that you saw like better from Chan than – what we saw I mean, in the ocean in the first half, like, it, or was it all bad? I don't know. Yeah. It just it seems weird to me. It it wasn't it wasn't great from Chan whatsoever. I mean, I I think the only I mean the few reasons, but it didn't really come down to form of either player. But like you mentioned already, I would imagine rest and Terzic maybe knows that this game might be a little bit too far away for them to reach. But also, Oz Chan was on a yellow as well, yeah. so you don't want to risk going down a player whenever the game is already very very difficult. So Wait, I mean that could be a lot of it too because the as far as him coming off like yellow cards, because that's what we see now in the Champions League, he's going to miss this Champions League game, yeah. and maybe that. So that was the call 
against Man City the first time. Um, I'm not really too sure that that could be a big part of it, but. But yeah, just overall, I mean, very disappointing. And I, if we didn't mention already, but we had 77% of possession this game and Berlin still just ran us up and down the field. I mean, I, I haven't seen a team dominate possession this much and still do so little with it all game. Again, it wasn't even a matter of just, you know, not creating much in the final third. It, it, we could not get out of our half whatsoever. You want to move on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, two, I mean, we better result, but um, going into, so we had the Pokal match against Hanover, ended up winning 2-0. Um, but obviously going in this, in, into this game, when coming off that last one, it's like, how, okay, cool. How are we going to play? I'm, I'm not optimistic at all. Like, I'm just expecting the worst. And like going in, if you're like looking at, at this matchup, Hanover's a good team. Like they, and they're like aggressive. They're, I didn't realize how Big they are. I mean, they have that one dude who's like six foot five, but they're a big, aggressive team. Uh, I think they're fifth in the two Bundesliga, but yeah. they're number one in tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like they they came out strong real quick. Um, and this was just like a real, real tough game right off the bat. It was, and also, I mean, even before that, Royce was not available for yeah. this one. He'd be someone that obviously would be huge for this kind of game. Uh, but apparently, I guess Berlin came too soon for him, and hence he had another slight setback after featuring for not even well, actually, I get one half uh, against Berlin, which so that was really disappointing. And and and. At the beginning of the game, again, a lot of it comes down to not defending well whatsoever on set pieces. Uh, yet again, I mean. It wasn't just early on, though, either. I mean, this entire game, every single set piece, we looked extremely vulnerable, despite the size and quality in our squad. I mentioned already, I think it was last week, but I mean, to have players like Mounier, Sule, I mean, of course, um, Modest wasn't in the this, in this side this game, but you still have those two players, and, and Chan, too, is a big guy. Schlotterbeck. Just, Schlotterbeck. Yeah. It just... Did not mark well whatsoever. I mean, Schlotterbeck, again, also was not marking that well. And just no one seems to really try to care on these set pieces. Yeah, we'll uh, get the lineup real quick before mm. we uh, go further in. But Koble back in goal. Um, Guerrero left back, Schlotterbeck, Sule, and Munier. So we're back to a four at the back. We had Oshan and Chan uh, in the middle. And then Mollen, Brant, Hazard, and Makoko. So definitely a rotated lineup. Um, we saw Mollen come back in. Uh, Hazard come in, which we we haven't seen him in a while, and then obviously Bellingham got to rest on the bench. Yeah. Um. So going into this, I was like, oh, I mean, also just seeing Sule like be the captain, I was like, oh, like kind of kind of weird that we're dropping that much already. I mean, because Hummels was in there, Royce was, or Hummels was on the bench, yeah. Royce wasn't playing, and then Bellingham is our third captain, so I guess Sule is number four. Um. But definitely rotate a lineup, and going into this, I was like. Obviously, people need rest, and Bellingham needs rest. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was, it, that did not put a lot of like, I did not, I don't know. It was, if, it worried me a lot. No, yeah. If, how if the, heavily rotated it was. The, I understand it, but it's like I knew it was going to be a tough game. So. Yeah, I mean, and if the team already didn't lack enough confidence, my God, <laughs> I mean, looking at this one, it, I mean, Marlon and Hazard alone, those two have just done kind of dick in the last several months. So. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, and you mentioned already Hanover came out to play. I, every team comes out to play. They're licking their lips, looking at Dortmund right now, and they realize that we're not in any sort of form, and we are lacking an extremely uh, big amount of confidence. So they came right at us right out of the gates, and 
and had a handful of chances. I mean, we should have been one nil down five minutes in. Yeah, I'm and in the and thankfully Mukoko having a very strange goal almost. It wasn't even Mukoko; it was a known goal. I guess at the game, I think it was deemed yeah. as a known goal. Completely against the run of play, might I add, but it's a great flick from uh, from Brandt and a good pass from Hazard to keep the attack alive. And again, Mukoko doing a lot out of basically nothing, and he's making a lot of chances out of very little. And, and his movement off the ball, too, for his age is sublime. So yeah. good he, on Mukoko he, for netting one there. He looked great this game. I wouldn't say great. I, I personally don't. I think he could do a lot better in a lot of aspects. I mean, just a few minutes after that, I thought he was a little selfish in attack, which he, was he there did, was a yeah. giveaway from their uh, one of their midfielders. The name's escaping me, but I think Mokoko could have kept his head up, but that's really one of his biggest weaknesses is just he yeah. kind of gets tunnel vision and he's not really looking to have much of any sort of uh, or, uh, play with the attacking line in front of him. But yeah. anyway. I, I mean, I understand. I mean, I don't think this was a great game overall. So yeah, if you don't want to say like he looked great, but he he'll he can still like create a chance yeah, out of yeah. almost nothing, which was what we needed, and yeah. uh, it's like kept the pressure on even like against the run of play, which was good. And uh, obviously there was a deflection and went in, but when I just saw that, I was like that was the craziest shot ever, and obviously it was a deflection. But yeah. I kind of lost my mind for a second until I saw the replay. It was deflected in, but so yeah, yeah goal in the eleventh minute um, again, completely against the run of play, and now we're finally slowly starting to grow into the game pretty well for like 15 or so minutes after that. I'm, again, I, th- I think we started to get in the swing of things a little bit more, but Hanover just kind of grabbing the game by the balls towards the end of the first half and again, dictating the tempo and, and really just making us look like a Division three side almost at times. I mean, Coble, I, God, the amount of shots they had and Coble just in the second, in the first half alone, again, from Coble going from like arguably the it worst performance of his three, career. Oh, easily. Oh, like, at half. Easily. Two or three, one, I guess, since we Easily. got a goal. But. And again, Kobold just completely bailing us out all game long and going from arguably the worst performance of his career to putting on an absolute show and completely carrying us. I mean, the man was dancing on his head. He had seven saves. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And and, and, and how many of those, crazy. I was going to say, and it's not like they were easy <laughs> either. They were all crazy. They're and all and like extended like and oh, and every man. time he saved one too, the camera cuts to him and he's just kind of looking like you know this is this is what I owe the club because of my performance yeah. last game and, and that and that's how you do it that's how you bounce back man I, I, I cannot get enough of Koble I love the man so much I did want to touch on that a little bit because you typically see this hit like his aggressiveness and his excitement when he makes yeah. a big save and he goes crazy or like if if someone makes a big defensive tackle but you could tell like he's still struggling and. Amazing for him to come mentally, out mentally though, Me- mentally. Yeah. But like after every save, he was very stoic. He's he was very like, yeah, and kind of like you can kind of see him like getting back into it. But mm-hmm. also, he's like, I don't want to over mm-hmm. celebrate or get overly hyped because I'm still remembering what happened last game. Yeah, staying staying alert and staying focused. I love it, man. I absolutely loved it. And and yeah, it's Kobold's completely <laughs> bailing us out all game. Like you said, it, it, we should have been down by the end of uh, the first half and. Even coming out of the second half as well, those first 10 minutes of the second half, Hanover had, what, three big chances or so right out of the gates? I mean, and like again, first minute they had a mm-hmm, chance. Mm-hmm. I think it was, yeah, first minute, I mean, Chan almost had an own goal there in the opening oh, that, seconds yeah, that, of the second half. Yeah, was, and then I think yeah. again right in the 49th, and then in the I think it was the 51st or 52nd, they had a nice um, switch of play and then just squared it right across goal. And Schlotterbeck and, and Sule were just, again, deer in headlights and how they didn't score there. It's beyond me. Again, 
completely uh, lack of any sort of organization or awareness in that back line. Yeah, I did want to mention, uh, so Taylor Twelman was calling this game, which I <laughs> have so so many mixed feelings about Taylor Twelman. <laughs> and he's a St. Louis guy. Like mm-hmm. he, so I think, and he's done I, a lot when- I and, work with his dad a good amount, actually, yeah. funny enough. I, well, okay, I'm not, don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> But when he commentates, he can say just some of the funniest stuff or like so yeah. like so drastic and dramatic. And, mm-hmm. um, but like he's done a lot with St. Louis recently. And so like I'm like, I still, I like him. I like yeah. him. But sometimes he just says stuff that seems so extreme. Like, dude, you're, you're, just, say, you're just saying that to be crazy. But in, uh, this, in this, okay, this game at halftime coming on in the half, he was talking about our depth. And we're, we have this great depth for Dortmund. And I ju- could just kind of tell that, like, man, you have not been paying attention to mm-hmm. Dortmund at all. In the other commentator, um, I I wish we could have the, uh, like, the normal Bundesliga commentators on this, but because uh, it was just like what the stuff they were saying, saying the depth because we had Bellingham on the bench, mm-hmm. but that's a rest and rotation thing, and mm-hmm. then and Reina, but after that, nothing. And then what we we see that that lack of depth or what they want to say are our amazing depth we have on the bench um, when. When Meunier gets injured, and who do we bring in? Well, we don't have another right back to bring in, so nope. we had to bring in Hummels and push Sule at the back, and that's our amazing depth that Taylor Twoman was bragging about. Yeah, and you know what's funny, too, is like for how bang average at best of a commentator Twelman is, I mean, he's not even close to really the worst. There's a lot more American commentators <laughs> who are just horrendous. I mean, Casey Keller is one of them. I like his, his snarky remarks sometimes, yeah. but when he was yeah. talking about us having depth, I'm like, dude, go. <laughs> not go even close. Have, like, can you tell me any of those other players on the bench? Like, do you mm-hmm. know? Have you seen them play recently at all? No. Because <laughs> we had no bench yeah. except Reyna and Bellingham. It was mm-hmm. pretty much it. I mean, Hummels was there, but. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And uh, so, yeah, they had a few chances right out of the gates the second half. And I think Terzik watched like 15 or so minutes of the second half and was like, Jesus, we need some changes. And uh, brought on, I mean, like the personnel you mentioned, I mean, Hummels and uh, Bellingham. Bellingham, of course, mm-hmm. which. I was hoping we could rest Bellingham the entire game, but of course, I imagine Terzic is probably sitting there biting his nails going like, I don't know if we're going to pull this one out or not. So he's going to bring on Jude, and of course, he's going to be an engine, and, and, and Bellingham, and Reyna came on slightly after him, and, and those two alone were like, we'll just 2v10 everyone. <laughs> well, you also, you saw Bellingham push way up too. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we already had, we still had Chan and Oshan in the middle um, and playing that four two three one. He almost, like he kind of, at first he went into that like 10 role mm-hmm. um, and he was way up the pitch and obviously that's how we got the goal with Reyna. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe they were rotating a little bit, but that was, I mean, interesting to see, I guess, but it, it cool. I, I liked it, but at the same time, like I understand if we need to drop, have him be more of an eight or a six at times, but it was interesting seeing him like get up the pitch more. Um, yeah. And obviously that's how we got the penalty, but... Yeah, one them both of them, Bellingham and Reyna, were some of the very few bright spots of this game. Reyna was looking very, very solid. I mean, it's funny how like when he comes on and, and immediately, I mean, of course, when Bellingham pushes up him as well. But I mean, everyone around him, it's like wow, they're nothing compared to Reyna at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the attacking quality that he has compared to really everyone else in that front line of uh, Malin and Hazard all game, who are completely ineffective. When just his ability, because we have the guys like Adiemi and Mullen who will like to run at someone and, and you try to use their pace and speed mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily always have control or like, um, but he he's just someone who can control it through the park and just looks 
incredible yeah, he's so elegant on the ball and, and i love the way reyna can use his body too and not the sense that like he's he's physical but just the way that he can like i, I remember like one of the first um big plays that i really i guess mentioned or realized whenever he linked up with holland it was against paris a few years back and we were at home and just the way that reyna can like instantly turn with the ball and just open up play and immediately just have options and he has that vision which yep. we we're lacking in uh against berlin to really get you know drive the ball forward and, and put it into dangerous areas and create some chances so yeah I, I think the the vision is what separates him from a lot of the other mm-hmm. young players Malin or Adeyemi who kind of just put their heads down and run yeah um, and then he yeah. he looks up and he knows what he can do even seeing someone in front of him like he knows what to do and then he can make the passes if we need to and oh man he's just and he's and so speaking good. of Malin he's been so goddamn disappointing. And and we talked about him again last week, but man, this this would be a game. I mean, shit, we we're talking about him exploding versus a Division three side, and this would be a team Division uh, two side to really go out and put on a performance. But man, I mean, he's so predictable with his dribbles; it's crazy. I mean, it's always going to be a ball roll followed by a quick scissor and then a cut in, and it's it's the exact same thing pretty much every time. And if he's close to goal, I mean, he can have those quick uh, slap shots, but. I mean, even the shots that he had today or today, yesterday were not great. I mean, the one that he tried to go far post, he was like using the inside of a foot, which of course is going to have the ball bend the other way. And it almost went out looking like it was going to be a throw in at first. And it's like, (sighs) (laughs) it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because of course, you know, the money we spent on him and, and the, the, the need for someone up top right now to actually just, you know, hold their own weight yeah, and, and, uh, or pull their own weight, excuse me. And, and, you know, provide these attacking options. Malin just does not look like it's it whatsoever. What did you think of hazards game? Pretty much the same. Yeah. Cause I, I, I just, yeah. Who it's like, who, who do you play? No one has, has really grabbed it. I would say Reyna in his chances, but also he can play a different role, but it's just like, mm-hmm. I mean, the injuries is, is what's killing us. Like we don't, People aren't playing enough because they're injured to to have someone come in and really take that position and mm-hmm. be like, I'm I'm the starter. This is why you need to start me. Everyone's just been a bit mediocre. Yeah, medi- mediocre is the word, man. I'm mean, and yeah, Hazard was just not good. <laughs> um, I thought Brant played pretty Brandt well. He, he wasn't he, he wasn't his, bad. His touch was on and he had some really great passes. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't. I don't know why he came off. I get if if Reyna's and maybe it's a rest thing, but I get if Reyna's going to play that ten role or Bellingham kind of did for a little yeah. bit. I get that, but I would have rather had him go out wide um, than yeah keep the other guys on. But and then of course Adeyemi came on as well and got himself sent off relatively quickly. He's been yeah, he stopped the goal though. Yeah, he did. But I mean, man, that he's he's not he's not doing well either. Honestly, I'm I mean I'm going to give him more slack than than Malin because he's been here for like not even a few months now. But I'm really hoping he's not going to be just a regen of just another disappointment in Malin because, again, I feel like they're pretty similar players, and we've talked about their faults before. But, yeah, I mean, Adeyemi was very disappointing as well, and it's it's a shame. Uh, this has nothing to do with players, if you're okay to move on a little bit. But what was up with this pitch? It was terrible. Did you notice like how it was just falling apart? I didn't. I didn't notice anything too drastic with it, but I guess I wasn't. Like people, players were. Oh, may, I mean, if you didn't notice it, maybe I was just making a big deal out of it. But I felt like 
players were falling all over the place. Mm. I think Schlotterbeck fell in the first like 10 seconds when they passed the ball back to him off the kickoff. He like slipped passing it forward. Yeah. And I had a flashback to Koble slipping and I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. this is we're gonna have another goal <laughs> from a, a slip. Um and that, then just players were slipping everywhere. And the field, like on some close-ups, like there were so many like divots and holes in the grass mm-hmm. that were just getting torn up. Like it was in terrible shape. And then even when they had the pitch invader, uh, granted, yeah, this dude's yeah. Oh, yeah, cleats, I did see that. I did. But he like runs on the pitch <laughs> and is running at slip. Cobalt and just slips and basically slide tackles right. Cobalt. Yeah, I was about to say right before he got to him too. And Cobalt was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, I did. I did see horrendous. that. That was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, another overall, another very poor performance despite the win. I mean, very little cohesion. Our attacking quality in general is is pretty shocking most times in recent weeks, and we are completely relying on individual brilliance. Looks like there's very little idea uh, idealism for Terzic really in the way that he sets up and and everything like that, and which is a little concerning. Um, I, I keep saying that I really hope he's taking the time outside of these games to learn from his, his mistakes, and it still looks like he is not. We're still incredibly vulnerable defending all set pieces of all kinds. Um, and we cannot seem to build really any sort of momentum again. I, I, after these big results, you're expecting us to go and, and, and pick up some form, but it's just very regressive at the moment. Yeah, I, I want to run through stats real quick because I know there are some people, especially people on Twitter, who will not watch a game and then they just look at the stats and they like to just be judgy off that. But the mm. beautiful thing I think about soccer is like the stats are kind of out the door um, yeah. for some games. You, like, you can watch the game and it tells a completely different story. Yeah. For instance, um, total shots, Hanover had 14. We had 18. Big chances, according to the app I'm looking at, mm-hmm. uh, big chances, both, or they had two and Dortmund had three, which seems nuts because I would count every single save that Kobo made <laughs> as a big chance. Mm-hmm. Um and then big chances missed, um, two and two. Shots off target, they had four, we had nine. And shots on target, they had seven, we had six. All those were amazing saves by Koble. And all of our shots on target, besides the goals, were probably just right at the keeper. Yeah. So those stats are, like, watching the game, it did not feel like that at all. No. And I, I don't think it was. You can't just look at those stats. Like, they, they had... Wait, they should have won this game based on they the, the chances they had yeah. and the ones that we had. Like it was just it, nuts. If it weren't for Koble, we we would have lost this game easily. Yeah. And again, I I cannot get enough of the man. He is such a solid keeper. I'd, to have a bounce back like that in just a matter of days, not even a calendar week, but days, and and put on that kind of a performance is incredible. So I I was not worried about him really at all after the Berlin game. I mean, of course, it's it's it was very disappointing and it sucked to see him, you know, have those kind of errors. But I was not worried that it was going to, you know, become any sort of like a regular thing or anything like that. And last thing I wanted to say about the Hanover game, too, was, of course, another injury, another surprise injury in Mounier, who will miss the remaining matches until the World Cup due to a broken cheekbone that he suffered during that cup match. I want to be optimistic. I mean, I want to be optimistic and say like he can still he might still be able to train obviously not with players and I feel bad if he if he has to miss the world cup it's weird how they did you read any more like did is he going to miss the world cup I don't know I didn't read that he's going to miss the world cup but he's definitely not going to play, be back with like, us I understand he's not going to play with us after. and I I feel terrible if he would be missing the world cup um because something all- they almost didn't even call us a foul mm-hmm. um I think they kind of called the play because he was down 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it it it's it's nuts. Well, they, on the replay, Taylor Twelman and the other commentator were like, "Oh, there wasn't even contact." I was like, Are "You kidding me?" Yeah, he got elbowed in the face, and then yeah, his cheekbones broken. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with that injury, I mean that's I better than a a muscle injury or something. I mean, depending on who you ask. But I, it's like that's something he could possibly still be active, um, in the next month. I just really I'd feel so bad if he has to miss a World Cup. And again, then but the real scenario is we don't have depth. I was just about to say that. If, and, and as of, I mean, this, we're recording this on the 20th, but as of the 18th, Terzik said Marius Wolf is still struggling with the consequences of his infection and he will not be available for us to, for that cup match, of course. And, it, and he's, he's still having some physical discomfort. Of course, we're recording this on a Thursday, so by tomorrow morning, you will uh, you, you will hear updates online. It went from the press conference before our game against Stuttgart. And uh, hopefully... Everybody keep your fingers crossed and, and say your prayers. We can have Wolf back for this game. Because if not, we're looking at, I mean, I, I, unless we want to play Sule right back. But, you know, those players need to rest too. Um, we're looking at Paslak. So. Well, I, I think he was, I don't think he was terrible. No, I don't want to see Paslak. <laughs> I don't, I didn't think he was terrible in the few minutes he came on. Granted, they, they dropped off a lot at the end of this game. Kind of. I yeah. mean, I know they, they had that chance obviously where they got the red card where Adiyemi, but it seemed like those last, like stoppage time, it seemed like they just kind of dropped off completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's great that Sule's been playing that and he's played it a couple times and I think he's looked decent. He doesn't give us as much running forward. Although he had that one, like, he had a couple, he had that run up through the middle mm-hmm. where he created like two different one, one, two passes and I was like, dude, how, like this just comes out of nowhere. I was like, I like seeing that. Obviously so he doesn't give us as much going forward, but he's solid in the back. So it's nice to have that option. But the downside is, those are our three center backs. Yeah. And then we don't have, now we don't have depth in that position. Yeah, it never ends. And we've been saying this for a calendar year now. Uh, At we, Taylor Twelman. Yeah. <laughs> did we want to uh, preview Stuttgart first or do the Twitter questions? Let's do Twitter questions Let's first. Let's do it. The first one is from Chris, our good friend Chris from St. Louis. What additions are needed in the winter window? Another mid and left back? I feel like you may have mentioned this already, but it seems like worth asking again. Yeah, I mean, it obviously depends on the budget. Dortmund are not big spenders to begin with, let alone in the transfer in the January transfer window. We're usually not making much uh, waves of anything. But you know who I've been thinking in the past few weeks who we could maybe, I mean, I, I doubt it happened in the January, um, but we could look into the summer is uh, Castagna from Leicester City. He He can play literally anywhere on the back line. He can play both wings, just like Wolf as well, and he could play center mid. He's on a Leicester City side that are struggling immensely, and I imagine they're probably going to need to offload some players for a, you know for some money next year, depending on where they finish. And we could snatch him up for a, a really solid fee, I would imagine. And he's also not playing a lot, so maybe, I don't know if he's being fancied a lot at the moment, but I think that could be someone we could at the very least look into. I mean, I, I watched him play for Leicester his first season a good amount, and he was all over the pitch every game. So again, someone who's incredibly versatile, who's uh, got a good work rate, who's really good on the ball, um, on both sides of the ball as well, and defensively and offensively, he's he's pretty solid in my opinion. And again, I think he can be pretty cheap. So, yeah. I mean, that would, of course, just be me. And I'm imagining we'll probably get no one in the January winter unless maybe we could just pull some sort of money out of somewhere and um, we can reinvest. And like Chris was mentioning, I would hopefully be another left back. That's what I'd probably do, if not a center mid. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, we did mention it a, a little bit last week because we we're talking about wingers and everything. And yeah, I, I think now 
especially with Munier going down. And we, I think if we could find someone, just a fullback who could play both sides, because that's what we need. Yeah. And possibly more of a left back because we do have Wolf. Yeah. Um, if he's, if he's good, I think that's honestly the most important because as we're playing more games, those are the guys who, I mean, how we play should be running more than anyone else. Um, so you think that they would need a bit of a rest or rotation and we just don't have the rotation there. So I think that would be a priority if we can get anything. Another center mid wouldn't hurt. Uh, maybe someone who's versatile in the midfield too, but yeah. I really think Castagna would be that guy again. And he's also played in a handful of bunch of different systems too. I mean, he's played in the back three for Leicester as a center back, weirdly enough. And and again, he's also played on uh, as both wing backs and higher up the field too. So, I mean, you could plug him in really wherever and we're, during our in, never ending injury crisis. Um, another one here from um, Poppy or P Duncan 55, who asked, do you think Bellingham will stay for another season? And right now, no. It sucks to say, but right now, if we don't really get our act together in the coming few weeks or, um, I don't know, if if we don't get any sort of results the next uh, few weeks or so, it's going to be a really steep hill for us to get any sort of um, accomplishments towards the end of the season. And I just don't imagine, I guess, Bellingham wanting to do another year around of him trying to carry 10 other players around him. But I'm hoping I'm wrong, but that's just my take. What do you think? I yeah at this rate no and I'm going to tie in another Twitter question to this because mm-hmm. this I think this will link up a bit um, but maybe a replacement I'm I hope they already have the other Bellingham locked in Job <laughs> if we oh, could sign him yeah. that'd be great just slide him in there I think yeah. he's a little more attacking um, but I mean that'd be nice and I know well shout out to Poppy who also has a, a literal photo with Job that's oh, her yeah. profile picture that's so, wild um, so if if the other Bellingham wants to come in that'd be great but I don't know at this rate. <laughs> Jude might be telling his younger brothers, like, yeah, man, maybe don't go there if, if things are falling apart. <laughs> if, if things continue to fall apart like that, yeah. But so so the other question to tie into this um, is from uh, Michael, who says, uh, just for personal interest, can you touch on any discussion about sacking Terzic? I don't want them, he says, I don't want them to at all, but we love to uh, quickly blame the manager rather than looking at the team build in the front office. So we did talk about Terzic before and mm-hmm. I think it's or last week maybe um, like I want I want to give him like I want to build a project and I think that's the idea but who knows what they're going to do and maybe they'll just figure out I, th- I think it's better to let him work and give him time and let him build something than to just try to bring in another manager because what I really want to talk about is like the seriousness of the club and what are their their sporting goals and this was kind of a, a topic I think uh, Stefan from not Stefan Busco, uh, but Stefan from the Gig Impressum podcast mm-hmm. talked about Dortmund. Like, is Dortmund just, I mean, people have been debating this for a long time, but is Dortmund just like, is their goal to sell young players or is it to actually win something? Mm-hmm. And I think his argument was if you look at what they're doing, then their goal is to just sell young players. And now, like, they're just, oh, all right, well, we're going to sell Bellingham for 100 million plus. Um, but I think to, I think that that's a valid thing to look at. And I think this plays into the terrorists like fire him or, or find someone else. Mm -hmm. I want to have faith that they are building something. When you look at the signings we made over the summer. Mm -hmm. And I know when we made the signings over the summer, we were really excited. And of course we're like, we're going to win the league. Like we're all hyped because these are good signings coming in. Um, 
But then you have to be realistic, and that's what we're getting hit with now. It's like it's not going to change that quickly. Yeah, of course and, not. But I mean, but at the same time too, I and mean, not to really just put the blame elsewhere. But I mean, we did not expect to have our injury crisis follow over an entire summer either. You know, I mean, I figured by August we would have most people back. But man, we were struggling. We're still struggling to get people back in the team. And once one person goes in, another two go out. Yeah. Do you back to the signings though? Do you and I guess the projections on the right word, but the, I guess the goals of the club. Do you think? with Kel and these signings coming in, do you think that's more of a play to try to build something and, and grow? Because yeah. I don't think I don't think Sule is someone that they're trying to sell to a Premier League Oh, no. Schlotterbeck, possibly, because he's still so young, but we could still get a good four or five years out of him. I, was, I honestly think Schlotterbeck is someone we will keep for a very long time. I feel like he's going to be someone who's going to be a Dortmund player for... Maybe the majority of his career. I mean, that's, I, I mean, don't know. I don't know if that's too uh, unrealistic to say, but I really do feel like a lot of these signings this summer from Kale were players that were looking to actually keep and not yeah. just offload in a year or two. I mean, Adeyemi is the same way. I mean, I know he's been disappointing, but he does look like someone who wants to be here and stay here. I I'm not so sure about Adeyemi. You don't think, I think so? Just because he's so young. And there's like maybe a couple years, but maybe he'll be looking for a move. Um, but Slaughterback, I, I like I could see both ways. I think he could be someone who stays a long time. And then, but say we get like five years out of him and then he goes somewhere else, like that's also a possibility just because he's so young. Yeah. But I think his upside is so much and we can get so much out of him for a long time. Um, but Oshan, that's that is a signing that's going to stay. I like what, what I feel. And then Alaire. Granted, course, we haven't been able to see too. him, but him, him too. Like he's a long, not a longevity signing because he might not have as many years if he comes back. But it's not like he was at least coming here to get a a, a next step to something else. Mm-hmm. And I think over the summer we did make those signings that are forward Dortmund and Dortmund's future, not just to get a paycheck. Um, and so I I want to be optimistic and say there is a shift happening. We probably talked about that over the summer too. I think we, when they made the Sule signing, that's what we talked about. We talked about making a, a big signing to win to win stuff, yeah. to make us better and not just to develop someone. Um, so I think I don't know. I want to be optimistic. I want and and to tie it back into the the original question about Terzic, I I I too am really hoping that we can stick with someone and actually try to build something because we are right now are just a constant merry-go-round of like, you know, he's not going to work and then throw someone else in here and then there's going to be a lot of uh, putting wrenches in our momentum and we can't really stick to any sort of philosophy and the players get frustrated and then you just kind of repeat. Um, but at the same time, I, I am concerned that, again, Terzic is not really taking his mistakes seriously and learning from them. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I mean, of course this was a result thankfully that we got and we're going to advance in the cup. But I was thinking after the Berlin game, like, man, if we, if we get knocked out of the Pokal, you know, tie or lose to Stuttgart and then get wrecked by city. And then the next week it's the same thing. I don't know if he's going to be employed too much longer. And I'm not saying after the Hanover game, it's completely out of the woods yet. And I'm, and I'm not even saying this is something that I would favor. I'm just coming from like a perspective of how the board might act. But hopefully that's not the case. I'm just I'm just hoping in the next month or so we can get some good results. Or, uh, yeah, I wasn't even going to say necessarily like great performances. Hopefully we can get good performances, but also just good results and just like rest for the uh, the, the winter break and give Terzic some time to really try to build out some things with his philosophy because, man, he's, he's struggling a lot. Yeah. And 
I think we've said it before. Maybe I said it when we talked about Terzic last time where it's like one one week I'm going to be like, yeah, get him out of here. The next week I'm going to be like, no, we, we got to build something. And it's it's probably going to be like that the, the whole season or the whole time he's here. And I hope it's what, what I'm I'm more set on is like let him build something and give him time because I feel like this, things can be – yeah, you can bring in those managers who can turn turn something around – but you have to bring in the right one, and I don't think they've they, they haven't done that yet. Yeah, and <laughs> they think, haven't made the right appointments to do anything mm-hmm. close to that. I, I don't I don't want Terzic out of here yet. I'm someone who's still going to back him. I just I, we have seven games left until the break. Some, some of them are very much winnable. Again, starting with Stuttgart this weekend at home, but we still have, you know, you have um, you have Bochum. And uh, we have they're finishing out the Champions League against Copenhagen too. It's you know at least we're not ending on against City or away at Sevilla or anything like that. So, I'm, I'm again I'm hoping Terzic can really learn from his mistakes and, and pick up some good results here, build some momentum, and again just then just recoup and recover for this whole winter break and come out strong the second half of the season, which we never really seem to do. As, as even if we do build momentum in the fall, we just slowly fade out as Bayern kicks it into gear in the spring and the titles or the you know the league's over by like March or something. So, you know, I, I'm just I'm really hoping that's not the case, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, do you want to preview and move forward? Yeah, Stuttgart? so like I mentioned before, we have Stuttgart this weekend at back at home. Stuttgart picking up some good results since appointing Vimmer just last week. They've had two uh, games since um, firing their previous manor- manager, Matarazzo. So like, another team that's got that quote-unquote new management or new manager buff. Stuttgart are tied for second in the league for successful t- tackles per match, just behind Bayern. And they've also, for those I guess who hasn't uh, who haven't paid t- much attention to Stuttgart, they also recently signed Zagadu. So. He just started against Berlin the previous week, and I'm imagining he's going to start again, and it will be a little bit of a homecoming for him. You have any score predictions or, or lineup predictions or anything? Oh, like I lineup know. predictions? I, about I have no idea. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to think about the lineup, honestly. <laughs> that, that makes me sad. Um, score? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to be an optimist. Uh, it's, it's hard. Well, this is what happens. Like, we, we have a really low week. Even coming off a win, like, we have a low week, and then... I just expect us to lose 3-0, honestly. No matter who we're playing, I'm just it's going to be the worst. And then we might come out and play fantastic. And then I'm, my hopes are going to get high again. And then we're going to just crash. Lose yeah. 6-0 to a double hat trick from Erling Holland on Tuesday. It's going to happen. Yeah. I'm 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 still I'm thinking hopefully we have some sort of response again back at home. Reina's back. 2-1 us. I feel like are we always predict 2-1? Do we? It's like my goods. I, I've done. I think I've done some three ones here and there. But yeah. that was what I was. Some ties too. I don't. That that's me being optimistic, but thinking we're still going to give up a little bit. It's not going to be a great game. Tight mm-hmm. two one. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Stuttgart, but obviously they they have the bounce in their last two games. I mean, it was Bochum and Bochum haven't been great, and then and Bielefeld. Bielefeld was that that was a Pokal game. Yeah, yeah. Um, who won? So they won four one and six zero. Um, that that game against Bochum was their first win in the Bundesliga this year. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, there's a chance maybe they don't. I don't know. I, I want to be optimistic and say we're going to win, but I, at this rate, it's it's hard for me to be optimistic. Do you think? I guess we'll learn more by the time this podcast is out. We'll probably learn more about Royce and Wolf. Um, I, do you think Reyna starts though? I do think Reyna starts. Yes. I hope yeah. he does. Um, I'm still like I don't want him to get injured, and I still feel like they're probably going to ease him into things. But I hope I hope he does. I don't know if he will, but mm-hmm. 
I mean, of course, unless something comes up in training, but I think he looked really, really solid against Hanover. He's, again, he's one of the very few positives of that game, and he played a good amount too. So you know, it's not like he came in against Berlin in like the uh, the 80th minute. So yeah, um, right back. Do you think we'll play Sule or um, pass like, or depending on Wolf? But I'm at this it, point, I'm expecting Wolf I, to not be ready. Yeah, I'm a Matt. Yeah, I don't think Wolf might be ready either. I'm imagining we'll probably play Sule center back, or excuse me, right back, especially with Hummels that was resting uh, most of the game against Hanover. Uh, yeah, we'll probably play those three center backs in a back four. Um, and then if you miss it, of course, Stuttgart is this Saturday, 9.30 Eastern time. Uh, next Tuesday is our home match against Manchester City back in the Champions League. It's at 3 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. The Holland homecoming. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? Not great. <laughs> at the moment, not great. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I think I said it when we got matched up with Man City. It's going to be a cool... I hope it's a good reception. I know things kind of ended sour just because people were butthurt, I think, mm-hmm. um, at the end of last season. That that was something that made me so mad, like people just like turning on him so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, I, st- I don't like Man City and I don't like watching him, but I w- try to watch all their games just because I love watching Holland still. And he's been doing just insane things. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited and I hope he gets a nice reception. I just hope that reception doesn't turn into him scoring another hat trick, which it might be. Yeah. He's been doing that a lot. <laughs> so well, I, mean, I was going to say we, we shut him out for most of the game at a, away. I mean, but again, he's inevitable. So what? Who's the uh, the Marvel bad guy? He's like that. Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it's one Thanos. of his lines? I'm inevitable. Yeah, yeah, inevitable. Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you see the interview? I don't know if we talked about it after the last game, but the we, we might have talked about it. So I apologize, but it was a few. It was quite a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but. After the Dortmund game, the uh, interviewer at the end was like, "Yeah, they did a, a pretty good job stopping you," and he's like, "But they didn't stop me. I still scored." <laughs> it's like, "You're right. <laughs> yep, you're right." <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, that's next Tuesday, 3 p.m. kickoff. Stuttgart this Saturday, 9:30 a.m. kickoff. Uh, those games on well, Bundesliga games on ESPN, mm-hmm. Paramount Plus for Champions League. Carver, anything else? Anything else? That's it. Hopefully, we're not as sad next week, but. We probably will be. We probably will be. (laughs) All right. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and get all those links, the description of this episode, and find everything. If you want to reach us, email. You can find that too. And then our website is thebvbpodcast.com. And we will see you later. See ya.